Think about it. Everything is polluted. The environment, the government, the schools, you name it. We're on uncensored tonight. Nice, clean little bandwidth. No one else is using it. Price is right. I like the idea that a voice can just go somewhere uninvited, like a dirty thought in a nice, clean mind. Guess who? It's me again. The little attitude for all of you in white bread land. It's five o'clock. Do you care what the mainstream media says? You out there? You listening? What's going on, fam? Happy Friday. Happy Friday. Indeed, it has been another week of just amazing guests, great conversation, important discussions, and I hope you guys have enjoyed it. We got another great guest for you guys here today. Uh, Todd Bensman from the uh, Center for Immigration Studies is here with us. I'm going to make it real quick for the opener. Check out UncensoredAid.com. Check out the Foxhole.app when you get time. Todd's battery is running deep on us, and so we want to get him in here as quick as possible. Joe, go, let me go ahead and get you an intro here for Todd, and Todd, if you can go ahead and unmute. Un- Mute, please. Uh, yeah, definitely glad to have you here, and not a problem at all. So Todd's Todd's wrote, wrote articles for the Federalist. He's got articles out there for Middle East Forum. Uh, Center for Immigration Studies is a very important group that you guys have seen me highlight for the past three years. Every chance I get, their work is top notch. It is non biased, important reporting. And it is really good stuff. Dang it, stupid mute button. Uh, America's Covert Border War is the book that Joe just tried mentioning, and it is called The Nation's Story of the uh, the Untold Story of the Nation's Battle to Prevent Jihadist Infiltration. We have discussed this. It's been one of the most important, under unheard of stories that doesn't get enough attention. And we would, we're going to talk about that a little bit today with Todd. Finally, check out for Center for Immigration Studies, cis.org. That is where you can see the great work that these gentlemen and ladies are doing over there. It, they're bringing us the truth about what's happening down there, which is very hard to find these days, it seems like. Also, check out some of the other great stuff that uh, Todd has done. He's got a great discussion here uh, for terrorist migration across Europe's borders and how that ties to what's happening here, and we're going to try to get into that as well. Starting this with this article here, border crossings uh, in March jumped to the highest level in 15 years, the data shows. More than 171,000 migrants were taken into custody along the southern border in March. This coming from the Washington Post today, the highest monthly total since 2006. And I suppose if you guys wanted to see that article, I can pull it up for you. Uh, The extraordinary increase from 78,442 in January underscores the magnitude of the challenge facing the Biden administration. And what's amazing is is uh, it's not a it's not a problem, according to the Biden administration. They're not really. Uh, trying to handle this, and really, according to D.C. in general, no one's really trying to handle this. Todd, can you tell us about what you've been doing over the last uh, couple couple weeks, couple months, and, and what you have seen uh, on your travels? Right. So last week I was in Mexico 
Uh, when I go down to Texas, down to the uh, border fairly often, I uh, just returned from Mexico from the Del Rio sector, uh, Piedras Negras, and uh, Acuna, Ciudad Acuna. And I like to interview the immigrants who uh, are coming over before anybody gets a hold of them and detains them or stops you from being able to talk to them. That's where you can find out why they're coming and how they're coming and what they plan to do once they get over. So uh, most of the ones that I've talked to say that the reason that they're coming now is because Joe Biden opened the border. They expect to get in. They see all their friends and relatives ahead of them getting in. And they're listening to the uh, Biden administration saying, you know, slow the roll. But uh, the fact is, is that all their friends are getting in and getting on buses and planes and being resettled across the United States on, um, you know, real you know, quickly uh, distributed uh, legal documents from the government. Uh, and so it's on, man. Uh, that 170,000 is a historic number. Uh, first time it's been anywhere near like that in 15 years. Uh, the, uh, there's a mass migration surge going on at the border. Uh, you haven't seen even the beginning of this thing yet. It's going to be way, way higher than that. We'll have uh, millions of people cross the border if something's not done in the next few years, millions and millions. Yeah, I wanted to get my <clears throat> my bro in here um, <clears throat> because uh, I had an issue, technical issue with the mute button again. Uh, Joe, go ahead. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's no problem. Yeah. Uh, basically, as I was saying in the beginning there, if you guys missed it, um, you know, we've got multiple uh, things going on in the background. But as I said, um, Todd has been doing great work behind the scenes, uh, boots on the ground. And um, he, he's one of those guys that if you do any um, any checking as far as what he's done, it's nothing um, uh, close to it's just unbelievable, to tell you the truth. Um, as I'm reading through his, his uh, complete bio, um, this is somebody who has an, a great perspective and it's just amazing to have you here, Todd. Thank you so much for being here. Appreciate it. Yeah, yeah thanks for that great intro. I appreciate that. In 2009, you worked uh, as as the uh, Texas Department of Public Safety's Intelligence and Counterterrorism Division. And I, I just want to I have to touch on this quickly because that is an extremely interesting uh, job transition from a uh, journalist to to that. Can you talk about how that happened and what your what what your role was and you know some of the things that you saw in your first years as that role? Uh, yeah, I mean, I was a journalist for 23 years, and I was working uh, for Hearst newspapers along the border down there. And there was a, the Governor Perry's uh, pick appointee for the Texas Dep to lead the Texas Department of Public Safety was very familiar with my work down there and was a fan. Uh, and he wanted to redo the intelligence division of the of the DPS and was looking for alternate people of, of different kind of backgrounds uh, to, to uh, join up. So he recruited me in and said, how would you like to go into the intelligence business? And I said, yeah, sign me up for that. That sounds interesting. And um, so I did that for nine years uh, in Austin. That's how I ended up in Austin. And I'm still there. And I did it... Um, uh, working in the uh, what's called the Texas Fusion Center. These are centers that are set up around the country after 9-11, where all the federal agencies uh, have representatives under one roof so that there's sharing going on. It's a big 
uh, all about the sharing. And um, I established a counterterrorism unit there of analysts. They let me uh, create a, a function for um, uh, doing counterterrorism, uh, mostly dealing with jihadis in Texas and also um, domestic uh, terrorists as well. And we worked very closely with all the FBI Joint Terrorism Task Forces, and uh, we all had uh, security clearances by, from DHS. And uh, we worked hand in glove with all the feds on all of the, the crazy terrorism stuff that goes on in Texas. So. What was an event while you were doing that, that, um, th that kind of, uh, that sticks in your mind from that time when you were there? Yeah, well, we were involved in, uh, you know, Texas has its share of jihadists, like I said, and attacks and attack plots and uh, FBI cases and uh, moving from journalism to intelligence. Uh, I mean, the, the skill sets are very similar, but there's a lot of cultural things that are different and about the intel world and law enforcement uh, that I had to learn. And so Within two weeks of joining uh, the Intel Intelligence Counterterrorism Division, the uh, Fort Hood massacre happened just up the road from us. Uh, we all mustered, you know, 24-7 kind of a deal, trying to figure out who this guy was, uh, whether he had anybody else with him, and whoever, whose people might uh, attack somewhere else. And um, I got on the phone as a journalist and tracked down very quickly his imam on the phone and um, interviewed the guy and at a very critical early stage, uh, provided all the information to the Texas Rangers uh, who were in our, our um, command post there. And um, they fired off a couple of uh, uh, CID agents to go interview that imam of the shooter. And then all of a sudden somebody came in and said, who is this Todd Benzman guy? Uh, and I got singled out and it was like, apparently, uh, and civilian analysts, people who are non-commissioned, are not allowed in law enforcement to talk to witnesses, material witnesses, which is, I was so new, I didn't know that. I, I thought I was doing a great thing. I tracked them down before anybody else, the guy's imam, and we were sending commission guys up there anyway. I got in a bunch of trouble right off the bat with the Fort Hood uh, shooting, and that was kind of a um, lesson learned. And there were many other lessons learned until eventually I figured it all out and uh, was trained up and had a, a team of about 12 uh, analysts working for me with uh, all of the different feds. And it was good. It's a good nine years. Very interesting. And it's um, <laughs> with um, the, the story behind Fort Hood turning the way that it did and the way that they tried to spin it. That's pretty interesting how that uh, turned out. Um, when you when you asked yourself were there other ties to to terror camps in Texas, there's several stories out there that are written by discredited sources talking about terror camps in Texas. One of them uh, calls it uh, Mahmoudburg in South Texas, Brazoria, um, and there's others. There was that training camp where there was that older gentleman that had like two wives and a young girl. Um, did you find ties to all of these together? Are these are these separate entities, or are these in somehow linked to, together? Uh, well, I, I know I know the terror camp you're talking about. The the, the um, uh, we we did a tremendous amount of work uh, about that place. Uh, there is a place there 
uh, we, we were not able to find a significant threat associated with it that rose to a threshold where we could, that we could do uh, law enforcement operations. Uh, it's still there, but uh, we, we didn't find it as a, a particular threat, that one. I'll just tell you that as much as I could say, and it was at, it was years ago. So uh, I'm not sure what's happening with it today, but uh, that was something we definitely paid attention to. What about the kinds of things that, that I would, that would draw my attention. Sure. What about that more recent uh, 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 terror uh, compound that was destroyed? Um, I'm trying to remember. Do you remember the name of that gentleman? Uh, he had he had he was an elder guy, and he had like two two wives and a young girl, and there was a, a shooting there or something that happened. Yeah, you're you're. T- I think you're talking. That one's in that one was in New Mexico, out in the desert. That's right. I, correct. Yeah that 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 camp. Uh, yeah, that was the real deal. <laughs> um, you know, that was definitely a um, a, a threatening uh, situation. Uh, luckily, that thing was uh, gotten under control. Uh, but it was outside of my jurisdiction, and we didn't know that. I don't think that there were any Texas uh, connections to that one. Gotcha. Um, we, you often see um, when I think it was around beginning of Trump administration, maybe before, where I think it was CIS that broke that there were uh, Hezbollah in South America, and I, I can't remember ex- exactly who broke that story. But when you put these things together from somebody who's a prior military, I, I have a hard time finding that this is not a purposeful attempt to infiltrate. And your book kind of talks about that. So can you kind of transition what I'm trying to lay the groundwork for, which is terror, terrorist training camps in America under the watch of of our government? And I guess you, what else are you supposed to do? You have to watch them and, and, uh, and hope they don't act out, right? So, I mean, there's, there's freedoms in America that are a problem with this. But can you when, – when, when we first talked about Hezbollah in South America – and, and, and moving up through Central America, that story got slammed for being racist. And, and, and it just, you know, anybody who wanted to talk about it was just didn't understand what was happening. These are actually migrants. So they're they're actually people looking for asylum. And that it always gets uh, compartmentalized and, and radicalized into the argument that way. You can't actually have a real discussion. But can you talk about what you've learned with regards to Hezbollah in South America and the truth of jihadi camps in America? And is there a bigger plan behind the scenes at a global level, on a globalist level, that, that ties to this? Okay, yeah. So, I mean, there's, there's a few different pieces there. Uh, I'll just take them one at a time. First of all, uh, terrorist camps um, uh I, I don't really like the term terrorist camps because that implies that that uh, that there are um, places that are sort of out in the open where people are are actively training for jihad or something like that. Uh, and I don't think that there are places like that that are out in the open. Now there there most certainly are individuals and onesies and twosies that are doing things out in the woods. Uh, we've seen things like that. But they're definitely not in the open. They're doing gotcha. it secret and hidden, uh, not with land ownership or things like that. Now, I you know, I hope I'm wrong. I mean, I hope I'm right about that yeah. uh, and that, that you're wrong. But um, uh, Hezbollah, uh, on the other hand, uh, in South America uh, exists. They operate. They have put there are um, they congregate in what are called free trade zones. Uh, so there's like um, there are a couple places in um, like in Belize, Mexico, 
and uh, the tri-border area of Paraguay, Argentina, Brazil, down there in the, in the they call that the tri-border region. There's Marguerite Island in uh, Venezuela, off the coast of Venezuela. And mostly what those guys do uh, is, the, is they're, they're, they're making money in the drug trade and in counterfeit goods and weapons. And they're very involved in the uh, cocaine business uh, with the uh, Colombians and uh, moving vehicles around the Horn of Africa into Europe and then cash through the United States and drugs north uh, through the Mexican cartels. And uh, those guys are, are definitely there. And uh, they also, um, but, but, um, but the main, their main business is to generate revenue for Hezbollah leadership back in Lebanon. Uh, and a lot of times, uh, you know, they're, they're, the Hezbollah is not your typical terrorist organization. They're, they're more of a state, an organ of Iran. Uh, they're a state-run entity. And mostly, you know, they're not interested in just um, blowing things up just for the sake of it, like Al-Qaeda or ISIS or something. If they're going to blow something up, it's for a particular state purpose. Uh, so like in, in 1994, uh, a group out of the tri, the, the uh, tri-border area went to um, Buenos Aires and blew up uh, an Israeli embassy building, consulate office. And uh, a couple of years later, they, they did two bombings over there. And those were in retaliation for, for against the Israelis. So they definitely have capability to blow things up. But it's been a long time since they've blown anything up down there. But they are certainly, because it gets in the way of fundraising. And um, uh, so they're down there doing illicit stuff to, to raise money and they're sending it back. But they're also doing intelligence operations, always getting ready for when the trigger gets pulled. Uh, somebody says, I need you to go take out, you know, do an American target somewhere. And they've got a whole, they know exactly where to go and they'll have the capability to do it. Um, on, on this topic, guys, before you move off this, can, can you, the, these people are coming in from um, not just South America the, the, that are coming in now. They're coming in from the Middle East. They're coming in from Africa. They're coming in from Asia. Does Hezbollah help, help in human trafficking in that form of trying to get people across the continent into uh, trafficking areas in South America that are working their way up, or how, how are they part of that, or is that a separate separate source? Yeah, my feeling is that the that they they it's it's not the main purpose of the presence in Latin America for for Hezbollah, but uh, there have been times when Hezbollah operatives have been moved over the southern border by other Lebanese and the connections of those Lebanese smugglers to those guys in the, you know, tri-border area or Marguerite Island or some of the other places has never really been very well established. Uh, and there have been trials, they've been apprehended. I mean, we have had Hezbollah operatives smuggled in over the border and caught a few years later, like there was a guy in 2004 uh, who came in in the trunk of a car over the California border and moved to Dearborn, Michigan, uh, and was fundraising and collecting intelligence uh, for Hezbollah and doing recruitment. Uh, and he got busted and sent to prison, uh, that guy. 
but there's some others that have been brought in that never got caught, uh, but we know they got in. And um, it's not just uh, Lebanon. Those guys would be coming in from Lebanon, obviously, and um, other maybe maybe other places, Lebanese, Hezbollah. They're, they're in Syria and elsewhere. But those countries that I talk about in um, America's covert border war, there are about 35 of them on the list at any given time. Uh, those cluster in the Middle East, all those Middle Eastern countries, the Gulf uh, states, the um, South Asia, think Pakistan and Afghanistan. We get pack, lots and lots of Pakistanis crossing the southern border. Uh, we get Afghanis crossing the southern border. We have Yemenis. Just a couple of weeks ago, one of our congressmen came back from New Mexico and reported that the U.S. Border Patrol agents that he met with said, we just caught three Yemenis on the terror watch list down there. Everybody called him a liar. Uh, he wasn't lying. He was totally accurate. And um, it happens all the time. And also uh, from Northern Africa, Somalia, uh, Mauritania, Morocco, all of those countries that are coming through, uh, reaching the uh, southern border. And the book is really about how the American Homeland Security Enterprise has treated that traffic, how they see it, how they look at it, and all of the counterterrorism programs that they put in place to make sure that nobody ever does an attack from that flank. Uh, and they've been reasonably successful so far. Uh, they're good at that game as long as the border management systems are in place. Uh, but when you have mass migration, when you have 171,000 people flood over in four weeks, uh, that's just a recipe for um, displacement for all of those kind of programs. They can't do them as well. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, the, the, the risk goes up for that kind of thing. We've been lucky so far and good, good and lucky. Uh, but we've had plenty of guys get caught. Jihadis get caught in that net uh, and, and dealt with. Um, how's your battery doing? Uh, I'm at 17% right now. All right. So, so, sorry, so let's get to this real quick. Uh, part of what's happening in, in, in Europe is, is an example of what's going to happen here. It is, it is clear that Glenn Beck has done some amazing work and you happen to be, uh, over near Glenn, uh, now I appreciate Glenn's yeah. allowing you to use his area there. It's, 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 <laughs> it's very kind of him and I'm, and I'm very kind of you to spend time with us. It's, but the point I'm trying to make is. Glenn did some amazing work on ISIS and the strategy of ISIS going forward. And it, it, it may be not in the form of ISIS, but the, the strategy and the goals. And the goals to expand uh, through, through Europe and around the world and spread Islam around the world. That sounds like a hyperbole to a lot of people that is like, look, not all of these people are ISIS. A lot of them are, are just Muslims who, who are fleeing while American foreign policy in the area just so happens that we happen to be destroying these areas and causing these mass migrations on top of it. I'm sure that's an accident. Um, but can you talk about how uh, Europe and the migration patterns as caused by Hillary Clinton and her policies uh, are causing migrations in Europe and how that is also expanding to and applies to America as well? So there's this ideology uh, on the progressive liberal wing of international politics that uh, was really uh, in play in Europe in about 2014, 2015, and still even today. And you started having the Syrian war refugees mass up coming into Europe. 
and just massing up saying, let us in. Uh, the, there was pressure on uh, Angela Merkel and the leaders of Europe, the European Union at that time to just let them in. And the ideology is sort of like, um, you know, it's a globalist uh, um, ideal of open borders and one humankind and uh, um, the the idea that we are no longer um, ethnically uh, trying to maintain our ethnic identity and that sort of thing, we're multicultural. And those ideas uh, are what were behind Angela Merkel saying, yes, we'll let everybody in. <laughs> they let in about a million, we'll take a million now. And, you know, by the time it was over, there were, you know, 4 million in Europe. And uh, that, is very similar. That ideology is very similar to what we hear out of the Biden administration. And in fact, not just the Bidens, but all of the Democratic candidates during the primaries. Uh, we all remember everybody raising their hand, who's going to give free health care to uh, illegal immigrants when they mm. cross over illegally. And everybody was like, who, who could get their hand up fastest? Uh, that is the Angela Merkel ideology of Europe back then. The problem is that when they let all those people in, ISIS saw an opportunity to infiltrate operatives in over the border with those migrants acting as camouflage. Uh, and when you, if everybody remembers the, um, the Paris attacks of November 2015, those were conducted wholly by uh, illegal, or not, they were uh, operatives, ISIS operatives who were sent in with the wave of migrants just a few months earlier. Uh, and a few months later, it was uh, the Brussels attack, uh, suicide coordinated suicide bombings at the airport. And a lot of people died there, 33 in that one. Uh, those were all folks that came in over the land borders, infiltrating, breaching the borders, applying for asylum and all that kind of stuff. And it's now been six years uh, since those, five, six years since those attacks. And all year, every year of those five, six years have been jihadist attacks in Europe from one end to the other that were conducted by migrants who crossed in over the external land borders and applied for asylum. My entire first chapter of the book is dedicated to what happened there because that's what it would look like. And that's also how it would happen with the smaller traffic that's crossing our southern border from the very same countries. So I lead off the book with what happened there as a way to just sort of, A, show people that this is not just some crazy idea or a notion, an unproven notion uh, that terrorists would ever think to sneak operatives in over a border with migrants. It happened, and it happened very recently and it happened because of this same ideology that we're hearing from the Biden administration now. That's how I tie Europe to here. And there were lessons to be learned, and nobody's paying attention to those lessons. I'm sort of uh, dinging the bell saying, hey, uh, don't forget about what happened over there, folks. Considering the amount of uh, Muslim Brotherhood ties that the Biden administration and the Hillary Clinton State Department had, it, it seems like there's a bigger plan here that is subverting American sovereignty for a, for a political ideology. And it, it's, 
it should scare a lot of people. And I think Glenn Beck has done an amazing job at exposing this. Part of the part that frustrates me is America's asylum laws and America's laws have been destroyed. Can you, I don't I don't think people can really word it and say it the way you can. Can you talk about America's asylum laws and how they're being subverted to I I don't even understand what they're doing to be honest. Uh man, it's a total disaster. I I I, de- I ded- just so you know, I dedicated an entire chapter to like what I call the asylum calamity. Uh it's it's so there's there's a lot to there would be way a way more uh, time needed than my 14% power right now, which will drain. We'll go all the way to the, to the end. But uh, let me just put it this way. Uh, the asylum law was, was, was and, and the agreements that are behind the asylum, law, international agreements uh, that are behind the asylum law uh, were designed for people like Jews fleeing Nazi Germany death camps or Vietnamese boat people fleeing communist re-education camps of the North Vietnamese Ho, Ho Chi Minh uh, and that sort of thing. The way it's being used now is by just regular economic migrants, millions of them, uh, who come up to the border and say, I declare asylum. And they never get asylum at the end, but they're entitled to claim it. They never get it, but they can claim it. And they the legality, the mechanism of claiming it gets them past border patrol and then they lose later and they never leave. Uh, that's what, that's how that works for regular economic uh, migrants, people coming from the middle East and from South Asia and the, the countries that I talk about in my book, those guys use it the way the European terrorists use it. Uh, they use it to, to uh, come in and embed and prepare to attack. And the asylum system is only built to usher people in, never to detect their fraud and never to detect uh, radical ideology. Uh, and, and so there's, a, there's a, a, an infrastructure problem about it that it's not security minded. It doesn't take into account security ever. Uh, and so, um, you know, I start my chapter out talking about a couple of Somalis who came in over the border, claimed asylum, and they just made up a big fake story that they knew would hit certain criteria that would get them in the door. Uh, and it was a terrible story and you know, persecution story the problem is, is that the whole thing was just fake, made up. And the only way we know this is because there happened to be an FBI agent inside the uh, detention center, the ICE detention facility, uh, an undercover, not an agent, but a uh, paid uh, undercover informant who was Somali. And he got in close with these guys and, and uh, learned that they were here to, to um, they were members of Al-Shabaab and uh, high-ranking uh, members of Shabab, and they've been uh, um, well-trained uh, in weaponry, and uh, they were completely radicalized. And only through that were we able to arrest uh, uh, that guy and several others. They'd made a fake story, but otherwise they would have been right into the country and God knows what. And my book recounts time after time where that happened in Europe, 
and in the United States, these jihadi guys come in and they claim asylum. They make a fake story that gets them through a system that is not designed to find them out. It's designed to get them in. Uh, and it just, gotcha. it, it's infuriating. I see your battery is about to fail you, and I don't want to leave you with zero. I just need one last quick quick thing from you. That, that book is uh, America's Covert Border War, and it will be in the links in chat and in the podcast as well. I'll put it on the website as well. How how are these people getting from the border to wherever else they're going to? And what's does there seem to be a strategy of how DHS or whoever the hell is moving these people around the country? Are there's, Does there seem to be a strategy involved in how they're moving them from the border uh, through the Western Hemisphere, throughout America, really. Well, I mean, you're talking about the current crisis. Yeah. Uh, how are they moving these people yeah. around and where to? Right. So I call. I, I recently uh, came back from the border with a story called Catch and Bus. Instead of Catch and Release, uh, they catch and put them on buses. Uh, and that's, that's because, I mean, you can't have, uh, you know, tens of thousands of people just wandering around down there. So there's a... a an organized, an organized plan to release these family units that they're letting in with legal documents um, who have Ill- illegally entered and very soon afterwards are given legal documents to um, go into the hands of NGOs, non-governmental organizations in many cases, uh, who help them get money wired in from relatives or friends or, you know, somehow find uh, money, communicate, you know, with uh, relatives about where they're going to go and who's going to take them in and that sort of thing. And then to put them on buses. So they're either dropping them at Greyhound buses, helping them get onto the buses and get their tickets. Or in the case that I uh, found down in um, uh, Del Rio last week is charter buses when there's enough of them going to florida haitians like to go to florida so almost all haitians are going to florida so they're chartering a bus that's just going to florida and they're filling them up day after day after day from california to the tip of texas and they're just filling the buses and moving to all four points of the united states uh tens of thousands of uh folks who illegally entered are now being resettled uh, in cities near you, in your state, and uh, it's just the beginning. Uh, this is this is about to just explode, and it's going to be nonstop conveyor belts from all over the all along the border, uh, for better or worse. I mean, you know, I'll leave that to your communities. Sure. As to whether they want, you know, I think most people 000. have no problem with with people who, um, you know, want to come to better themselves and and help America become a stronger a nation. I think nobody has a problem with that. I think the problem is is that element that you have highlighted in your book, America's Culver Border War, as well as uh, what some great reporters have done down in the area. Uh, I, I just want to leave you, uh, Joe, with one last thought. And I'll let you go and have uh, let you go enjoy uh, trying to find how to how to charge your laptop now, Joe. Uh, last comments or thoughts from anyone in chat? Uh, just uh, before we uh, hopped on, I was uh, asking Todd uh, about the uh, America's covert uh, border wall, uh, war, and he said uh, it took him about four months to write, but that's thirteen years of work. Uh, that he put into that. Uh, so please definitely go check that out. Todd, thank you so much for being here. Look forward to maybe having a discussion a little further with you next time. 
Yeah, get in touch with me. I'll uh, I'll have a charger next time, guys. Sorry. No problem. No, that's not a problem, Todd. I really appreciate you taking time out, and I absolutely would love to, to pick your brain some more and, and keep uh, you know your stories in the highlight of what's happening through uh, the activist community that we have with us. Todd Benzman, thank you very kindly for, for spending some time with us today. Safe travels, sir. All right, guys. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Take care. And there you go, guys. That's amazing. Uh, you know, this guy, you guys got to take a look at his background, guys. Just amazing work that he has done. Um, just the, the 30 minutes that we just spoke to him was um, was amazing. Uh, Al, good, good job there, brother. Uh, but this guy, like I said, if you look at his background, like I asked Abe before the show, I'm like, how the heck do I introduce this guy? Because he's done so much. Uh, over this, uh, you know, past 20 years, uh, if not more. And uh, it was really great to have him on a good, good job, brother. I appreciate that, bro. It's um, man, Joe, you know how it was going behind the scenes. Uh, he, he was struck. He's, he did Glenn Beck this morning. So um, the, the Glenn Beck studio allowed him to stay to do the interview with us. And and but the problem was, is he left his laptop uh, charger at the hotel. And so he was scrambling last minute to ask someone in Glenn Beck studio, hey, you got a charger. And so we were scrambling last minute. And I already had like the show, like all planned out in my mind. Like you guys know how I do it, man. I'm just I sit around for like two hours and I'm like, I got this. this, this. It's all regimented in my brain. It has to go as planned. <laughs> Um, and so we just kind of winged it real quick, and we'll get Todd back for you guys, as well as some other great guests uh, down from South Texas, people that are standing up uh, for for what's happening down there and want to make change. So we got more coming from you guys on that front. Here's the book behind the scenes, uh, behind me, uh, America's Covert Border War, the untold story of the nation's battle to prevent jihadist infiltration. And as you have have learned, if you didn't know, uh, if, if you watched the show, you already knew that we talked about Hezbollah two years ago. Uh, but it is it is an important, important story, and it should be, uh, you know, this should be the the, the forefront of American uh, discussion in the news. Um, unfortunately, there's, you know, blood on the news today, so that's all the media is talking about today. There's, there's, there's blood in the news, and all of this stuff doesn't actually matter. Uh, so check that out when you get time. Here's the link to the book. Let me get this out there to you guys. If you guys haven't seen it up oh, there, it is. Thank you, Amy Joe, way ahead of me. Uh, the other thing, this is that article written today. Uh, border crossings in March jumped to the highest level in 15 years. Let's go ahead and see uh, if we can find the spin from Washington Post in this. More than 171 immigrants were taken into custody along the U.S. southern border in March, the highest monthly total since 2006, according to the preliminary U.S. Customs and Border Protection data reviewed by WAPO, which means it's probably higher than that. Anyways, the extraordinary increase from 78,000 in January underscores the magnitude of the challenge facing the Biden administration, especially as it races to add emergency shelter capacity for an unprecedented number of teenagers and children crossing without their parents, also known as child sex trafficking. Last month, Customs and Border Patrol took in more than 18,800 unaccompanied minors, a 99% increase from February, a figure far above the previous one month high uh, of 12,000, uh, less than 12,000 in 2019. That scares, that should scare the shit out of everybody out there. And why people don't say this for what it is, it is child sex trafficking. Call it what it is. The increase in, in the number of migrants of arriving as part of family groups was even steeper last month. Uh, soaring to more than 53,000. They always spin it into family groups. It's not a family group. 
quit, quit calling it family groups. They're not, they're not related in any form, shape. Oh, the only reason why that child is there is, is for sexual gratification on the journey, you fucking morons. Mm-hmm. The current, it pisses me off, dude. I cannot help myself. You know, it's just, they spin this as if it's all, oh, they're well, they just families with children. Yeah, they completely minimize truly what's happening. And it's just, it's, it's almost more sickening that they're trying to cover it up. It is sickening and it's complacency and it's because they, these right lines, anyways. A, a current Customs and Border Patrol official and former official have seen preliminary figures confirm their accuracy. President Biden described the increases last month as consistent with historic seasonal patterns and. <laughs> Consists. See, it's seasonal. It's seasonal. You know why? Because during the during when it's really, really, really hot, we'll die out there. Oh my God! Uh, as as trends seen with the Trump administration, uh, except for the last few years, they've been way lower. Oh, you're gonna throw that in there, huh? <laughs> the biggest two month increase in 2009 was 45,000. So. How you can even compare 45,000 to 171,000, I don't know. Maybe you did the math for Iowa, too. You you can't use your finger and toes to to separate the distance in those two numbers, moron. Uh, In recent weeks, border agents have struggled with unprecedented number of unaccompanied teenagers and children in their care, many held in cramped detention conditions far longer than legal immigrants while they wait, wait for bed space to open up at emergency shelters run by DHS. Uh, HHS. HHS has opened uh, or preparing to open nine more emergency facilities, sending the miners to convention centers, converted uh, oil worker camps and military bases, while it screens family members and eligible sponsors in the United States who can assume custody. Uh, And I'm sure there's a a nice long list of people who are waiting for sex trafficked children to be uh, to be sponsors for these these poor children. Hmm. The list is long. The March data shows the the scope of the challenge faced by patrol agents, blah, blah, blah. The Biden administration continues to use Title 42 public health order um, and not not really worry about uh, transferring of disease from South America all around the world into America. They don't do any. Do they do any vaccinations before they just put them on a bus and send them to Florida? No, they they don't do that. Do they make sure they're not sick before they send them over to uh, Texas, to uh, uh, Wisconsin? Uh, do they do they make sure they don't have uh, tuberculosis before they send them into the middle district of North Carolina where they need new votes? Nope. Exactly. We are on pace to encounter more than more individuals at the southwest border than we have in the last twenty years. But let's compare it to the Trump administration migration patterns. That's all I can do with the Washington Post for right now. Jeez. Friggin' ridiculous, bro. Um, so him, let me get all of the stuff out there from Todd Benson that you get, that I wanted to do uh, uh, to open that here. Here is Todd Benson on the Federalist. Uh, some great articles. You can see the list of articles. Would a President Biden support sending American ISIS fighters to prison? That's a good question. Guatemalans admit they're illegally, illegally entering the United States to get bigger houses and not flee violence. Huh, interesting. Iran has terrorists embedded inside the United States and across our border. Nothing to see here. Did the U.S. kill an American citizen after taking out ISIS leader Ali Baghdadi? Uh, so these are some of the stories that Todd has worked on uh, in the Federalist. He's also writes for Middle East Forum, which he has three major stories for actually in the past month that you should all go read. Extracontinental migrants around throughout America's marching and clashing their way towards Biden's new border. <laughs> uh, Europe migrant crisis. 
of steel yielding terror and foretells effects of Biden's border crossing boom. Um, uh, media outlets silent about publishing alleged covert Iranian agent and uh, landmark confirmation of a border threat. Uh, Center for Immigration Studies article dropped on March 19th. Those are the last four that Todd has written for there. Uh, here is that, that story that I wanted to play, and let's go ahead and play this here real quick since we had Todd on just now and see what else we can find in this most recent story he did, Catch and Bust, that Todd just mentioned from us. sound on this? One aspect of the fast unfolding border crisis that gets far less attention than does the very visible front-end view of illegal entry by thousands of immigrants is what happens to them next. Media aren't talking much about where they go or how. What's happening most of the time is that they are boarding buses and heading into America's heartland. A conveyor belt of commercial and charter buses just like this one in Del Rio, Texas are carrying tens of thousands sight unseen from Texas, Arizona, and California borderlands northward. And they are dropping their Haitian, Venezuelan, Cuban, and Central American family units in Florida and New Jersey, Tennessee, Massachusetts, Michigan, North Carolina, Georgia, Kentucky, and to large cities in Texas such as Dallas and Houston. President Biden's administration stopped deporting families soon after his inauguration. That set off the gold rush of illegal entries over the border. Border Patrol was swamped almost immediately, but with nowhere to put them, DHS gave them papers and steered them toward buses, heading to settle with friends and family. By CIS's best count, in just the first few months of this catch-and-bus crisis, Some 30,000 probably have been imported into U.S. cities. In turn, word of this incredible bonanza spreads south, drawing ever more. Many of them are Haitian families like these in Del Rio, off to Florida and New Jersey. What we're trying to do is uh, send them with their own people on the way so that they don't switch buses and their language... They know a little bit of Spanish, but they don't know any English, so it's hard for them to try to get to their destinations. And sometimes they lose their flights, lose their buses if they switch. Mm -hmm. So that's why we got the charters and the charter companies, they just take them straight. Yeah. There are too many for all to fit on Greyhound buses, so nonprofit groups help arrange charter buses. The migrants have friends and family wire the money in or buy the tickets. The government is not the money in or buy the tickets the hold that, charter buses the migrants have hold friends that, and family well, charter bus. what was that interfaith hold on <laughs> interfaith welcome coalition all right guys we're gonna do a dig on that uh in one minute interfaith interfaith welcome coalition all right, let me do it. Let me start. Let me finish this up. One minute left in this, or a little less, 30 seconds. Buses. The migrants have friends and family wire the money in or buy the tickets. The government is not paying, we're told. The families see this and just keep coming. This one from Venezuela, just out of the river. They should be in Florida inside of the next week. I'm Todd Benzman, Center for Immigration Studies. 
that's an example of the great work that Todd's been doing, and that's why it was important for me to try to get him on after the discussion uh, with Michael last week. Um, I guess I guess uh, I don't know. If, hopefully, you heard at least part of that, Joe. Did you get it? I should have shared my screen. Sorry. I was listening in the background on the delay, but just amazing stuff. I mean, I see a lot of comments out there and stuff as well that the people don't look too thrilled <laughs> to be on those buses. Like, I don't know, man. It just seems like a completely scary situation from start to end, and I just don't understand it at all. It's, um, you know, when you think about it, it's obvious to anybody who studies this this is not an accident. They're doing this on purpose, and it's um, I don't know what to make make about it. Do we we, we want to be welcoming, right? Um, but this isn't how we how we do it. And um, I don't know, man. Let's see here. Interfaith Welcome Coalition came to. Let me see here. Let me let me share my screen so you guys can see this. Let's see who these guys are. Interfaith Welcome Coalition came together in the summer of 2014 in response to overwhelming need of unaccompanied children coming to the United States of, from Central America. In response to the crisis, a broad network of faith communities and community organizations began working closely with a uh, legal, uh, local legal nonprofit organization. The work involved and now is uh, IWC collaborates with many other organizations serving refugees, asylum seekers, and at-risk immigrants and serves as advocates for the needs of those vulnerable populations. Of course they do. Uh, Kelly Allen is a pastor of San Antonio's University Pe- uh, Presbyterian Church, um, and she's a reverend who is just a oh just just believes that God said we must welcome all. It's in the Bible. Um, let's see here, described as a heartwarming with migrants. Yes. Um, let's see uh, what's um. How do I find? see 501c3 it, you know they got to be a 501c3 right oh for sure <laughs> let's see if they are uh if i can find no it's not it's not gonna let me dig into them and doing it on air while i'm trying to remember the name of that damn site that shows me uh if they're a pack or who they're affiliated with Let's see. Um, let's try searching for them plus open societies. Is there a link there? Uh, let's see here. It's been a while since I did an online, online dig. I used to remember all these websites off the top of my head, and now I can't find any of them. I hope they have a lot of positive press. So what does that tell you? They've done a hell of a good job at uh, making sure that the Internet doesn't bring up their tracks easily. I don't know. We'll have to dig. We'll have to do a dig on this, Joe, maybe this weekend. And we'll uh, the Interfaith Welcome Coalition. Yes. Using God's word to infiltrate America with terrorists. Thank you so much. That sounds exactly like it to me, man. <laughs> oh, what time do we got? Oh, uh, you want to do a news blitz now? Uh, yeah, yeah, we can roll it. Since my restream chat just crashed on me, I got to fix that and a couple other things. Let me get a rapid fire open for you guys. We'll get that. We'll get to your calls at the top of the hour. Stand by for a rapid fire opener.
right, Joe, what did you find in the news today that caught your eye, bro? All right, all right. I got just a, a few things for you guys today. Nothing uh, nothing uh, too crazy or anything. I'm not going to be covering much. Just some fun. First and foremost, this was absolutely amazing. I don't know if you guys saw this or not, but there's the Secret Surface unloading someone's bike. Somebody getting on to the bike with his helmet. And... uh There you go, Secret Service, uh, tucking his bike rack in for him. <laughs> very Not very helpful for the podcast. We, basically, this dude's getting on a bike and riding away. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. So, all right, sorry, I'm laughing. I'm just sitting there laughing. So he rides his bike. Basically, I don't know, 100 yards. This is Pete Budigag, dog and pony show. Basically, he uh, uses armored Suburban uh, to bring a bike with a short distance of a destination. Unload it and ride it with the security detail in tow, pretending to save energy. Unfreaking believable. He basically rode his bike 100 feet just to make it look like, you know, he's saving energy. <laughs> Is anyone surprised that Butthead would do something like that? No. Sorry. I know it wasn't great for the podcast, but I was absolutely laughing in the background. I thought it was hilarious. Um, so this just popped out of Newsweek today um, or yesterday. Ever given stuck again at, uh, as estimates of shipping stall total $1 billion. Uh, so we know there's going to be huge effects coming out for that uh, ever given boat being stuck and they're estimating to be around a billion dollars in physical and financial damages caused by the trade's route blockage. Unbelievable. So it's an insurance scam? Nice. Well, that, yeah, you're probably, probably right. Probably right. This was super cool, too. Uh, gorgeous NASA uh, photos. This was out of space.com. NASA photos show a volcano uh, eruption in Iceland at night. I just want to play this for you guys real quick, and I know it sucks uh, again for the podcast but this is super cool guys watch this so it's just a quick minute and oh let me open it up full screen yes uh, it's not opening why is it not opening i don't know so anyways <laughs> uh very cool it basically scales along the lava and then goes right flies right over the volcano it's a very cool picture but it won't open for me or anything. So anyways, I thought that was pretty cool too. Uh, out of Gateway Pundit today, kids in migrant camps engaging in sexual activity sent to hotels with unvetted caregivers. This is exactly what we were just talking about, Abe. Um, and <laughs> children, even brothers and sisters, are reportedly engaging in sexual acts with each other in the migrant facility housing uh, thousands of illegal aliens in McAllen, Texas. Uh, this is just, um, it's sickening and it's maddening and the stuff that's going around in this world, it just, how do you not get frustrated every single day when you see stuff like this constantly coming out, man? It's ridiculous. Yeah. I don't know, man. It's it, at least it's getting, um, people aren't just denying that it doesn't happen anymore. Well, that's the, I guess that's definitely the, one of the good things is people are actually talking about it now. 
Uh, this out of the blaze as well today or yesterday, Biden administration offering 500K in contest for improved mask designs. How much longer do they expect folks to actually wear them? If you haven't uh, started, if you're still wearing your mask, I don't know what's wrong with you, but um, it's just hilarious that the Biden administration is offering 500K to, to somebody for a contest for improved designs. I wonder um, how much it would cost to make a burqa. Any ideas? <laughs> I'm, I'm going with that. Still that full body mob suit. That's what we need. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, Nat, the national interest. This was super interesting. Uh, I think my buddy Matt dropped it out in Discord, and I saw this. I was like, man, this league, this league is really cool from yesterday. No longer sci-fi. Laser guns are coming to the U.S. military. So the enemy drone attack threats are a key part of the inspiration for newer kind of laser weapons because they can incinerate drones without generating large amounts of explosive fragmentation. Moreover, newer lasers can scale attacks to align within the target and desired combat effect and perhaps most of all, travel at the speed of light to destroy drones quickly, ideally before they're able to strike. So what what would you think about that, man, if you saw... Uh, all these laser guns attached to a, a ship coming in on you. Unbelievable. How cool does that look, man? They, uh, oh yeah, they're, 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 isn't new and they're very effective. And it's, that's part of the new anti-drone technology that's going to be put all over the capital and stuff. If it's not already there, it probably already is there. Exactly. Exactly. Florida, uh, last, uh, last one here real quick. So I know we're at the top of the hour. Gateway pundit, Justin, Florida governor DeSantis signs executive order prohibiting Use of COVID-19 vax report, vaccine re- passports. So <laughs> promises made, promises kept. Gotta love DeSantis, man. He just, he says it and then he just does it. And um, just amazing work there in Florida. Uh, DeSantis says today he issued an executive order, order prohibiting the use of so-called COVID-19 vaccine passports. The legislation legislature is working on making permanent making this permanent, these protectives for Floridans, and I look forward to signing them into law soon. And he's got the executive order on this drop as well. So just more stuff coming out of Florida, more reasons why I want to move to Florida. Absolutely love Ron DeSantis. That's pretty much all I had for you today, brother. Back to you. Good stuff. Good stuff, man. Appreciate it very much. And uh, so we'll get to the calls from you guys at the top of the hour. Maybe if those of you that may have been doing a dig on that uh, interfaith, if you want to call and see what you found, or if you have anything else that you want to talk about, please do so. The official show sponsor of the Brothers Uncensored show is Rise Attire USA, riseattireusa.com. Check them out when you get time. Use discount code ABEWAVE, A-B-E-W-A-V-E, and you can get a 10% discount. You can get some sweet gear and, uh, you know, uh, help support the show and help support great patriots like those over at Rise Attire. A minute and a half of your time for an advertisement, and we'll get to your calls on the flip side.
RiseAttireUSA.com. Check them out when you guys get time. Discount code ABEWAVE, A-B-E-W-A-V-E, and you can get some awesome gear. Don't forget that clown mask on the front page of RiseAttireUSA.com. Got to have an FBI badge to be able to get that one. You're not allowed to use that unless you're FBI. Appreciate you guys very much. Hope you guys enjoyed the show so far today. I look forward to having Todd Bensman back. He is... what an honor to talk to a great guy like that and somebody who is uh, just trying to get the truth out there and is uh, going down there and doing it himself. We got the Texan and Glenn Singer in the house. Glenn, you were first. Let me go ahead and open up the floor to you. What's on your mind, my friend? Drones are too small. They'll use uh, radio wave interference. Uh, and then lasers and kinetic weapons are passe. You see them on all the uh, Navy ships. Uh, let's see. Uh, as far as the vaccine passports, I gotta, I gotta wonder how they're getting around HIPAA laws on that one. <laughs> they don't care. Uh, yeah, they don't care. Uh, they just don't care. Now, uh, com- uh, that community of faith, uh, that whatever it was uh, interfaith welcome. Coalition. Interfaith we Welcome Coalition. Let's see. They uh, I went through a small dive. Granted, very small. All I could do was about 10 seconds. Yeah, I hear you. <laughs> and uh, um, oh, I came I didn't come up with much. United Way of Whatcom County, United Care Northwest, Opportunity Council, Whoever Habitat they for are. Humanity. Habitat for Humanity is a is uh they're all tied with the Open Societies Foundation. Peace Health, uh, Saint Joseph Medical, Whatcom Dream, Bridget Collins Parenting, Fresh Start, uh, Congregation of Bellingham. And then when I uh, just I didn't have much time, I just did a uh, quick uh, over uh, to uh, the. Uh, United uh, that uh, United Way of Whatcom, and come up with uh, a whole bunch of links that I have not been able to research yet. Uh, food banks, public schools, DVAS, Compass Health, which okay, they're great medical center. Goodwill, Goodwill, Interfaith Coalition, Lydia Place, um, that's homelessness. Uh, case management, uh, counseling and stuff, uh, Hickby Center, whatever that is. So uh, it's that whole business. It's it's that whole business that's built around illegal immigration. Right. There was like, uh, I think it said uh, something like 55 uh, partners in with them. And to research all 55 of them would be ridiculous for me. I don't go that deep. I don't go that deep, especially when you get you click over to one, and then it's okay. This one's got another twenty. Yeah, <laughs> no, it, it would definitely it? take some time. What I want to look for is uh, the five hundred one c three financial filings and find out. Uh, that's where I want to do. Uh, I'm going to do this weekend. I'll dig on their financial numbers. Can you, you can go ahead and drop that share? Okay. Yeah. Uh, stop share. <laughs> there we go. Good yeah, stuff, man. Yeah, I. It's just some quick stuff. Now, uh, I'm wondering how fast this guy down in uh, Washington is going to be dropped from the news. Uh, we found out within ten minutes 
that he was a radical Muslim with the Farrakhan movement. And then uh, I had a uh, somebody posted over on 4chan, believe it or not, already uh, his statement that said, uh, I've been having it tough. Uh, I'm starving. I'm broke. Uh, God has shown me a way, Allah, and this is what I'm going to do. And thanking Farrakhan and all that kind of stuff. So it was it was kind of interesting. <laughs> yeah, the Nation of Islam ties and and as well as uh, ties to terrorism. We've been, we've been waiting for that to happen. So there you go. Well, I I got the link over here. Uh, let's see where I. I don't really that. care, Glenn. Actually, to be completely honest with you, thank you though. All right, but I, I was yeah, I told Joe I'm like we're not going to talk about this today unless somebody brings it up, and then we can call it terrorism and move on. Okay, fine. That's great. That's great. <laughs> That's I mean that pretty much you know nails it in a nutshell right there though. We we knew this was coming. That's the sad part. It's unfortunate uh, what happened. Absolutely, um, you know. But uh, I just don't think uh, talking about you know. I think this ties all back to Pelosi though, because the, she was not very happy when they pulled down that outer uh, outer fencing, and now she's got this inner fencing. And what does she get? She gets a Muslim terrorist to come in with a knife that's almost, uh, uh, that's about 14 inches long or so uh, to try and do something when nobody's there. What does that prove? Okay, we need, uh, uh, we need to put up, we need more National Guard out there. We need more fencing. We need to block off the whole house. Well, here's my question: Is this the is this the actual threat that Secret Service and uh, DC police had? Is this is there more of this coming? Is my question, and more leftist radicals uh, would do trying to do stuff like this as well. That's what, that's what I wonder about this. Well, but, as far as I as far as I know, FBI and everybody else did not have this guy on their radar. So I'm thinking he was called in to do a task. Could be. Could very I mean, well be. I appreciate it, Glenn. Any last thoughts before I let you go, brother? No, not at this time. It's been a quiet day. Just doing my uh, radio show over on Discord. Awesome. Uh, something simple. Just trying something out and uh, doing something different than what you guys are doing. I'm just doing music. Nice. With a little bit of chat. You know how the radio stations used to be? Where you get 15 minutes of uh, music and then a five-second blurb of news and back to the music type thing. Perfect. That's what I'm doing. Uh, I mean, we got you guys doing all the news. We got, what, 12 of you doing just news? So it, I I thought something different, but that's over on DLive. I wouldn't uh, say I do just news. That's kind of, but I hear well, you. No, no, no. no, no. <laughs> Where's but, your, um, if you can, Glenn, drop your Discord invite into our chat, our main chat. Um, and okay. I will, if you want, I can put that out to the to the chat rooms and, and help spread the word on yeah, it if people want to join. That's over on uh, Who Cares? Uh, who Cares News is the, is the channel. All right, but, cool. Yeah, drop me an invite in there and I'll get that out to everybody. Thanks, brother. And hello, Texan. You might as well unmute because you're on next. <laughs> yeah, man. Glad, glad you're taking over my job, brother. I'm not going to have a co-host uh, seat if you keep doing this to me. Brother. Hey, we can all co-host. We can all co-host, right, Texan? Yeah, where, where's your surfboard at, Glenn? Uh, I don't surf. I'm six blocks from the ocean, but I don't surf. Yeah, I see the waves in the background, man. That's kind of nice looking there. I'd have to get me a surfboard and go out there and hit. Well, that's one of those Zoom Hawaii pictures. Yeah. <laughs> 
better than what I had. Yeah, I like it. I like it, Glenn. I appreciate the phone call, brother. You have a good day, sir. Okay, you too, guys. Have fun. Enjoy. Looks Take like where, where I want to be. Appreciate you, Glenn. Good stuff, as always. Uh, Texan, good to see you, man. How you been? Uh, everything all right? And what's on your mind, my friend? Yeah, man, everything's good. Uh, I was wanting to talk about uh, uh, your guest and everything about the border crisis and and you know just kind of go on that a lot of people don't know that uh everybody's heard of the texas rangers not the baseball team but but the real police force down here did you know there's only 166 texas rangers in the whole state of texas no i didn't i thought there was a lot bigger than that actually no no there's only 166 and uh as far as i know there's never been over 200 uh in modern history anyway And, and uh what what the Texas Rangers are? They're they're a very elite uh, task force, so to speak. Uh, you got Rangers that uh, uh, who are, who are specialists in uh, hypnosis, uh, you know, psychology, explosives. Uh, you know, they they all have their their own little special things. And you'll have like maybe three Texas Rangers that that will uh, that are accountable for twenty twenty five counties, maybe thirty counties. You know, uh, so there's not very many of them, and, and they work in conjunction with the uh, uh, DPS, with the state troopers. As a matter of fact, you have to be a highway patrolman in the state of Texas before you can become a Texas Ranger now. And uh, they're, they're like, they're like, uh, they're like FBI. You know, you know how the FBI has their own special and, and unique talents. Uh, each agent does. Well, that that's the way they are too. So uh, just to clarify that. When they say that the Texas Rangers are working uh, in conjunction with, uh, you know, uh, the DPS down on the border, well, that's, you know, uh, that's the capacity that they're working in. They're, they're not actually out there like SWAT team and stuff or, or like uh, Lone Wolf McQuaid or, you know, Chuck Norris out there kicking ass and shit like that. That's that's not what they do. I'm glad you brought that up because we were talking about that, uh, was it yesterday or day before yesterday, I guess, or I don't know, all the days seem the same anymore. But yeah, we were just talking about that, how some of the, uh, they were involved in some of the arrests at the border. So I appreciate you bringing that up. Well, see, that tells me if the Texas Rangers are involved, you know, and they're working in conjunction, like I said, that they're like FBI agents, but just, you know, restricted to the state of Texas. That tells me that, that they, they have a, a special and unique, uh, uh, mission, I guess, or assignment to find terrorists because they, they are excellent at that shit. I mean, you know, you can have a Texas Ranger standing right next to you and you wouldn't even know it. Uh, but that, that, that cat is studying everybody and watching everybody. That makes sense. Absolutely. Sorry. Trying Absolutely. to, trying to keep up with chat. I'm not, I'm not only, I'm only set up for calling via discord right now I, I realize that it's it can be kind of confusing when you do the zoom call in uh basically you got to put the meeting the meeting id in <clears throat> and then i think it asks for like your name or something um uh, just put in whatever just put in whatever and then put when it asks for a passcode put in 1776 and it should connect you um so hopefully that'll work so it's meeting id pound and then it asks you something else i think um participant id or something i don't know just put one or something in for that and then put um uh 1776 in for the passcode you should be able to get in yeah texan does it ask you for a personal id number when you call in oh what it asks you know okay whenever i go to the zoom thing it uh it pulls up my my phone 
and I can't remember what it says, but it pulls up my phone ID. And then I just delete that and I put the text in then. And then I put the, uh, that number, that eight. Oh, so you have, you have zoom installed on your, on your phone. Uh, uh, yeah, I have the app on my phone and then, and then I just, it'll say, join the meeting. I hit join the meeting. It goes that and it says, uh, uh, ID or whatever. I put 1776. Boom. I'm sitting there and I'm waiting for you to, it'll tell me, you know, uh, waiting to join the meeting host will, uh, let you in soon. Okay. And it, it does ask if, if you want, uh, just video or, or audio. And I always just hit the top button, but just out of habit. So it's much easier if you download the Zoom app, guys. That, that's uh, for those of you that are having a hard time um, and it, it's just not working for you. Just download the Zoom app and yep. uh, you can actually join straight in through video uh, that way. Um, but I appreciate it. So, uh, Texan, what else is going on over there? Are, are you seeing these news stories about uh, how these these uh, refugees, quote unquote, are getting bust? These uh, military age boys are getting bust uh all through Texas now. You know what's funny is that they, they, you know, I, I work days, so I, I catch the the early morning news, you know, to catch the weather and the traffic and shit, and uh, just catch a little update there before I go to bed. And they're kind of keeping it on the down low, really. They're not they're not saying much at all. I mean, it, it's still more of this uh, mask wearing COVID vaccine shit more than more than anything uh, up here. You know, Dallas Fort Worth, they're, they're just not the local news and talking much about it so i i don't exactly know you'd have to dig into it to find out what's really going on i mean we had we, we had our uh our congressperson our congresswoman come down uh beth van dyne and she got access to the facility a couple weeks ago and uh you know, she just checked that checked it out and you know she said it was clean everything was organized and you know nothing to really worry about and that's the last thing we've heard you know they, they won't let the governor in they won't let the dps in the highway patrol because uh, it's a federal facility now on private property, so you know that that's it. They're, they're just keeping it on the down low. Big figures, it really does. Um, I don't know, man. I I had so much of Joe and I kind of had a, wanted to have a full conversation with Todd. There was so much more I wanted to get to. Um, maybe we can have him back, and and I, we also have a, a representative that's running in South Texas uh, that we're going to try to get on too pretty soon. So that'll be fun. And also, by the way, there's a, there might be a, a a what are you doing for Memorial Day? Are you busy Memorial Day weekend? Um, I I don't know. I'd I'd have to look. Um, there might be an opportunity where we could uh, meet up. I'm just gonna leave it at that for now. Um, what else? Okay. Anything else on your mind, bro? Uh, no, no, not really, man. Uh, but I tell you what, for Memorial Day, you give me a heads up. I'm, I'll make sure I can make that happen. How's that? That that'll work. As soon as I know more, I'll let you know. Sure, absolutely. Hey, man, you guys have a great weekend. I got to get on down the road. The guy that was running behind me, that asshole just passed me. Now I got to go catch him. <laughs> we're right, we getting, we getting a drag race out here because it's first come, first serve on the equipment, and he just passed me, and he'll get the next trailer in line. I'll have to wait, so I got to go. Later, man. Go, go, go. All right, Texan. Take care, brother. Thanks for the call. See you down the road. Have a good weekend, brother. Uh, let's see. I think Denise was waiting. I see Anita in the house also. Anita, please, I would love to hear from you. Please uh, please wait patiently. I want to get Denise in here first real quick. We'll find out what's on Denise's mind, and then we'll get Anita in here shortly. Uh, let me get uh, this pulled up, and uh, let's see. Okay, Denise, uh, welcome to the show. How are you? How was the tea today? Go ahead and unmute your mic there, Denise. There you go. 
How are you today, Denise? I'm good, thank you. How are you too? Oh, fantastic. Glad to hear from you today. What's on your mind? As a question, um, you had these jihadi camps set up in the desert and scattered about, and they're known about. With all your technical um, things, like your, zone, your, your uh, drones and whatnot, why can they not be targeted? He was he was careful to cor- he was careful to correct me. I I think he he uh, the the studies that he is aware of, and I I would trust his words on this, is that there's not open camps where they're training like you would imagine they would in Afghanistan or Yemen. It's more like there are there are these areas where they have onesie twosies that are that are um, problem childs for sure, but they do their their coordination and stuff underground and and to where our agencies can't detect them. So they're they're well-versed in skirting our technologies, thanks to Edward Snowden, for one. But, um, yeah. Okay. Okay. It just was a wonder to me how um, these camps can be there and known about, and yet they can't be cleared out. Well, that one in New Mexico was that that he he said he said that was a that was a real deal. So that that's there's an example of them finding one of those yeah. and and yeah. taking it out. So I, I will say that it, you know I I I don't think that there if the, if there there's an active threat, the Department of Homeland Security and agents involved in that areas are not just going to allow it to to exist if if it's in your face open threat. Now, there's no doubt that there's all kinds of underground stuff going on that's you know, with the help of our CIA. So there's there's a whole other story there, too, though. Yeah, okie dokie. And a bit of news from this side of the pond. Witty, who's one of our terrible um, advisors, experts, you know, I've talked about Witty before, the equivalent of Burks and Fauci, mm-hmm. um, has now said that there will be no more lockdowns and that... Um, to treat this virus just like the ordinary, like the flu. Oh. Um, so they've been scared off any more lockdowns, I think. They're still trying to do these passports. They said they're going to roll out experimental ones in stadiums and places like that and see how they go. But there's been such an upsink. I mean, I've been saying myself it goes against the Nuremberg Code, plus it's discriminatory because there are people that, no, there's some people that won't take the vaccine. There's an awful lot that can't have it um, because of issues, health, other health issues. They just can't take it. And then they're saying that uh, the vaccine's only guaranteed to protect you for six months. So they're trying to say you have to have a booster every six months. I think people are um, getting really, really hacked off with it this side of the pond anyway um and i see the yellow vests in france are also kicking up a sink about lockdowns and tests and um uh inoculations etc so yellow vests in france are starting to um be a lot more vocal as well um but that's a sort of a brief catch-up here on what's come out today anyway do you, um, do you think that there's going to be more follow-up on the ending of the lockdowns like tangible okay where you guys can open up normal again is that you're actually going to see some normalcy happen again yeah um the saying 
I think they were saying May or June it would all completely lift. Wow. Um, of course, there's others, there's, there's people in Parliament screaming and stamping their feet and saying, oh, we'll have another third wave, etc., etc. But I think that um, Boris is stuck between a rock and a hard place and he's doing it by the... Um, well, if people want to have the vaccine, they can. If people want to wear masks, they can. If they want to isolate, they can. But it's not going to be mandated. And he's saying if businesses want to set their own regulations, you know, remasking, etc., and proof of uh, uh, being virus free, that's up to them. The only trouble is these businesses will then be leaving themselves wide open to be sued for discrimination and to be sued under the Nuremberg Code as well. Um, Rick however, Weatherspoons, which is a big um, pub chain, has said that they will in no way, Tim, who owns Weatherspoons, is very, he was very pro-Berexit and, and all of that has said they no way, shape or form will any of his pubs be um, wanting people wearing masks, proving vaccines, proving tests, etc. Um, so I think Weatherspoons is going to be very popular. And I think if, when people start to vote with their uh, wallets and their money and they're spending money in places that don't say you can't come in here without a mask or a proof of a vaccine, I think that more businesses are going to um, disregard um, mass vaccines, et cetera, et cetera, passports. Um, I think that's the way it's heading here anyway. I got you. Rick Acer um, is uh, over near your area and is just utterly disgusted with Boris. I I can't blame him. I'd be completely honest if, you know, I mean, the man is definitely up against some – some some tough uh count you know uh, pressure no doubt about it um and it's different than you you can't compare it to a trump you know administration there's no really comparison no. um and so i get all that it's it's just man you all we look for is is for people to stand strong and stand up and at least if you can't get the policies in place that you're talking about at least stand up for the policies and i just don't see that backbone in boris that i hope for well this is when I wish that Nick Nick would um, call in and speak to you because he's a lot more au fait with politics on both sides of the pond and Q and he's a lot his memory is a, a lot more retentive than than mine. Um, and he could show you that there's a lot going on behind the scenes that people aren't seeing um, or aren't acknowledging. It's not Sounds being familiar. talked about. Yeah, it's not being talked about on mainstream media. That. Does that sound yeah. familiar as well? Yeah. Um, so there's a difference. Yeah, there's a big difference between Trump and Boris and the way politics works on both sides of the ponds, because um, Boris is as far as you go and Parliament. Um, he has to respond to Parliament and he has to take into consideration what is said on the on the floor. Um, whereas President Trump never went into 
or to my as far as I'm aware anyway, doesn't go on to the Senate floor or the House floor and, and yeah. put his arguments forward. Whereas it's all in one place over here. I see what you're saying. Yeah, there's a there's a lot and, and uh, on that same angle, doesn't that tie his hands more on what, what he's can actually do? <laughs> it does, yeah. It does. And he he does what he can as far as he can but his hands are tied and then everything has to go to votes and votes have to be passed not only in on parliament floor but on the house of lord floors and it's three it's three votes per place it bounces backwards and forwards before any laws can get can get passed so it's it's different it's different I used to and, uh, I used to spend nights when I couldn't sleep uh, watching C-SPAN House of Lords because it's just there's so much fun. Yeah. Who's that? Who's the main manager guy of of the House of Lords? Did he did he just retire oh, recently? Sh- oh shoot! Don't ask me. But that guy um, is hilarious. Oh my god! I would love to sit back and have a beer with that dude and just talk politics and have him rip everything apart. The the way that they uh, I don't want to say that they um, uh, rip on each other. But the way that they uh, call out each other's policies is just epic. I love watching the House of Lords. <laughs> Do you mean the House of Lords or the or the floor, the uh, Parliament floor? Oh, maybe it is the Westminster. the Parliament floor. Yeah, you might be. Maybe I. Yes. Yeah, they they tend to do that. They tend to do that. Um, and I used to I used to watch the debates all the time um, when I was. Um, vehemently interested in brexit and what was going on and and things like that but since this covid thing i I don't bother i don't bother watching it um but it's difficult and as far as it goes he's doing all i can say is doing the best that he can but he does pee me off as well um but as i said hopefully nick will be able to get in to talk to you yeah that would be um, awesome and go a lot more in depth he would be a lot more in depth and the right person to ask questions of and to be able to explain things better let me know when he's right on top of it yeah let me know when he's ready to roll and we'll we'll work him into the show uh however we however we can i appreciate that very much uh a couple more callers any last thoughts before i let you go though denise no darlings you two have a great whichever special weekend it is for you over there oh it's gonna be like spring this weekend finally the weather's supposed to be beautiful and it's uh so i'm gonna be in the garage all weekend doing that stuff oh lovely yeah <laughs> have I you got... still got a feeler gauge i've still got a feeler gauge in my toolbox you know there you go i got um i have uh a, a, a piles of, of sawdust from making a couple of frames i made last year and a couple other wood projects that i had to do last year um and i it's just the whole garage is stuffed full of garbage everywhere so i need to take everything out and reorganize organize it and i also got to do some work on my truck this weekend so that's what i'm going to be doing this weekend Oh, lovely. Because once upon a time when you could maintain your own cars, I used to set the spark plugs with the feeler gauge and do the oil and the filters nice. and, and all that. But you can't now. You you lift a bonnet up on yeah. a car now. Is it a bonnet, you call it over there, the front bit that you lift up where the engine is? Uh, a and bonnet, it's all encased. A bonnet it's is worn by, by uh, proper young girls on their heads for us. Yeah, <laughs> the bonnet, uh, the hood and the trunk. The hood. We lift the hood. If you lift the hood up now, everything's all encased. 
and it says take it to a garage so you you can't mess with it like you used to be able to no, anyway right. and i'll let you go on and I've, catch I've, the next caller I've, all i've ever done is buy them project vehicles you know what i'm saying and and uh so that's all i've ever <laughs> done and so we're getting ready to, to finally turn away from the project vehicle and uh retire uh some of the tools i think in the garage but i appreciate you very much denise joe yep thanks so much denise appreciate the phone call have a great weekend and you too bye now bye-bye uh, good to hear from Denise, as always. Uh, Anita is in the house. I want to get uh, Anita in here for sure. And uh, also we have one other 217. I think I know who that is uh, that will be joining us here in a moment as well. Uh, Anita, it looks like your audio is connecting. Nah, there okay. you go. I can hear you. I was just listening to Denise. Howdy from across the pond. Howdy from Texas. I'm waiting for my full English uh coffee mug to come in i'm so excited um yeah i just oh, okay so i saw in the chat leah worth was trying to call in and she was not sure about the meeting id i just wanted to say i've been using zoom for a while and i would love to uh help more people like in discord or whatever um you know maybe outside this chat to get get comfortable with you know calling into shows and what buttons do i push so yeah Zoom is to me, and some people use Skype, some people use Zoom. To me, Zoom is like super easy compared to Skype. I don't know if you guys feel the same way. Yes. Uh, but anyway, yeah. So I no, I just want to throw that out there. I mean, I'm always around. Uh, Rise Attire was just texting me earlier. It's like, uh, I, I just noticed that you were in the voice chat all by yourself. Did you did you just forget to? <laughs> forget to leave and i said no i'm just this is my i'm a weirdo i'm just praying that more people will join we'll hop in there gotcha gotcha nice because somebody needs somebody somewhere needs help clicking buttons so anyway i just wanted to throw that out there that hey come come over to discord i'm I'm always hanging out in uh, craig mason's discord but i noticed you have one too yeah, ours is a private Discord for Patreon uh, followers and people who have donated to the show just as a kind of a, you know, a, a little behind the scenes for those people. So it's pretty cool. Well, I've only been on uh, Discord for, oh, not Discord. I've only been on Foxhole for, yesterday was my six-week anniversary. It's so special. Who remembers their week an- their anniversary for social media? How are you enjoying yeah. it? Do you like it? I, Okay. It's that important. I'm like, I remember my anniversary. I love it for many various reasons. But um, somebody had dropped a link in uh, the High Wire. Are you familiar with Zell Big Tree and the High Wire? Yep. That's, yep, I've heard of him. Hanging out for like a while. Um, his main focus is COVID. Well, before that, um, it was you know health stuff. He used to be a an executive producer on the Doctors. You know that show with Gotcha. The, that, yeah. So um, somebody dropped a link in the High Wire, uh, and I went, "Oh, okay, yeah, I'll check it out." And I'm so glad. I don't even remember who it was. Um, but yeah, yesterday was my six week anniversary. So happy anniversary to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but so yeah, um, I, okay, what was I gonna say? Oh, so Sunday, uh, I, I've been I've been spamming chats all day. Yesterday, I found out and was just reminded because it slipped my memory. But Sunday is uh, season two of The Chosen is coming out finally. It's like everybody who's ever watched The Chosen 
either love it or hate it there's a lot of like religious fanatics out there it's a show about jesus it's a christian show but um you guys have watched the passion of the christ and the chosen it's like a it's a multi-season sh uh, show and uh anyway so season two everybody's been like dying you know they're like chomping at the bit see yes episode one so we're having a is that a like a netflix only style thing what is that on well no and actually uh uh on youtube um dallas jenkins you guys have heard of uh left behind yeah. jerry jenkins okay he wrote he co-wrote left behind series his son D dallas jenkins is the director um and he actually directed a, a movie he's done a few things um but the resurrection of gavin stone it flopped at the box office and he was disappointed at the at the income whatever it's a great movie anyway um but so going back to that because I'll, I'll go off on a tangent on dallas jenkins and all that um but yeah we're so excited season two finally here where can you Sunday find it night, uh 8 p.m eastern on youtube so if you just go to youtube uh search for the chosen because there's a um a channel and uh the name of it is the chosen uh, nice. They also have a Facebook page, Facebook page called the Fans of the Chosen, or something like that. Fans of the Chosen, um, yeah. There's all types of oh my gosh, just rave reviews. It's got a nine point nine rating on IMDb. So season one, we we binge watched, and then other people had watch parties, and everybody. Anyway, anyway, so that's cool. I'll check that yeah. out. I appreciate it. I'm always looking for for uh, other stuff to watch. I'll check it out. Because cool. watch out, you might become a huge raging fan of the chosen. I, I'd love that. <laughs> cool. Anyway, yeah, yeah, come, come, uh, come, say hi and uh, get some Zoom help if you want. I guess I don't know. I always hang out in Craig Mason's. So I um there. I spend very little time in Discord to be honest. I I spend a lot of time behind the scenes doing a lot of shit, and it's uh it. it, it it's it's hard for people to understand how much time I spend pre show prepping and digging and and you know little tweaks here and there and uh, I'm still getting the business set up so I'm getting all that stuff paperwork for all that shit together I, I've just been swamped lately. Yeah. <laughs> well, remember to get your sleep right. Uh, one of these you days I'll sleep when I'm dead. <laughs> you gotta love your sleep. Well, you know, I mean, there's reason, right? I mean, you gotta enjoy your time off, right? Hey, I need a call back more often. I would love to hear from you again. Okay. I'll have to change my name. It's Skeeter Burke. You guys probably anyway. Ah, that's yes, what yes, I was, yes. That's what I was gonna ask you, Anita, because I I was like, <laughs> wait a minute, Burke. I've seen Burke out there in chat. Well, I, heard, I heard Dave say, "Oh, we got Anita calling in." I'm like, "Oh crap! I need to change that." Still. Oops. <laughs> We're gonna we're gonna roll with Skeeter from now on. Appreciate the call, Skeeter. <laughs> that's me. That's me. Yeah, you know my real name. All right. Well, take care, take Skeeter. Care. Thanks for the time. Love love to hear from you guys. God bless awesome. you. Much love. God take care. Have a good weekend. Good call, Skeeter. Appreciate that. Oh crap! Which one of these? I see Gary in there. Stand by, Gary. Two one seven. Uh, beat you to the beat you to the punch. Uh, three more callers left in twenty minutes, so we're gonna have to uh, speed up through these and get get them done as quick as possible. Two one seven. Can I get your name, please? No, oh, you know who I am. It's Cage, Cage Farmer out here. What's up, Cage? Yeah. How's it going, brother? Hey, not too bad. I, I want to be quick. I know you got a couple other calls on here, but I, I saw some people in the chat kind of confused as. 
falling into. And I, I think we can get Gary in here on this too, because I saw he posted he was in the Zoom room. So I got the call-in info. He might have the Zoom room info, but part of the problem with the call-in was you got to call the number and then you enter the meeting ID with pound. Chat, are you listening? Meeting ID, pound. And then it asks you for a participant ID. That's blank. Just hit pound. And then it's 1776, pound. And then you get on. Chat, the... are you happy? I think it. Bam, yes, thank that's you. why I asked Texan when he was on the call. That's exactly why I asked Texan that because we didn't realize that there was a participant ID and that explains actually you guys can actually, I believe, put your own name in there. So if you wanted to just put KH Farmer, that way your your phone number won't show up. So keep that in mind, too. I believe that's how Texan popped in. Did, or did you change his name, Abe, when he popped in? No, he uh, he there some of them. Go. Yeah, some of them uh, are able to somehow do it uh, ahead of time. So as long as you have the app downloaded from yeah. what it sounds like, you can actually put in your own name as the participant ID. That way your phone number doesn't show up. That's fantastic, KH. Great work, I, brother. I don't, Great work. I, I don't have any app. I just call and I don't know if my number is popping up on there now, but I don't see anything on there. So I, I, I don't care, but I mean, I don't know if it, if, if how that does it, but yeah, I don't know how it's not it, on there. I, I tried to change it in zoom too. And it, it wouldn't, it still comes up. It drives me freaking nuts, man. I appreciate it. Hey, Farmer, what else is on your mind? What are you doing this weekend, bro? You know what? I'm going to be grilling. I'm going to be chilling. Uh, I'm going to probably watch the video that Woke Society's dropped earlier of the dude uh, trying to climb the Chase Bank in Manhattan uh, and do his little Antifa thing and fall on his ass a couple times. Uh, yeah, that, that, was a, that was a fun video that Woke posted. Nice. Good stuff. Uh, good shit, man. I'll see, you, uh, see you in the discords this week. Much love, bro. Yeah, absolutely, bro. You guys have a good one. Talk to Gary. Thank you, you too, man. Appreciate it, Gage. Good. Have a good one, brother. Much love. All right, there you go, Gary. Let me see if I can get Gary in here. I know you've been dying to call in for a little bit of, for a little while. I just need to hit that unmute button. It should pop up on your screen there. There it is, Gary. What's can up? Can you sir? hear me? Yep. There he is. What's up, Gary? I'm live. He's live. And there's a picture. Look behind me. Look at my wall behind me. How did Sweet. you get that poster, man? I took a picture off my screen, and the guy that I used to get raps. For, oh, I'm getting a delay in my headphones. How do I get rid of that? That I don't know. That I don't know. Uh, probably something in your audio settings. Okay, well, I'll have to work on that. Pretty sweet. So, Gary, I only got about uh, five minutes or so, but I would love to hear from you. What's on your mind, my friend? Okay, uh, I, had, uh, I have a company that used to do wraps for our race cars. So I took a picture of that off my screen and took it to them. And they made it for me. Awesome. That's awesome. I love it. Yeah, that's pretty sweet, man. Gotta love it. So how you been, Gary? What's on your mind, man? Anything uh, caught your eye today? What would you think of the show today? Oh, I think the show's great. I just got to figure out how to get rid of this extra voice in my ears. I've gotten rid of it in Skype, and I've gotten rid of it in D-Cord. 
now I figure out how to get rid of it here. Yeah, go into the settings and the audio settings when you're when you get done, and just uh, have it automatically set up your audio settings for you. And, that, and, and yeah, because then... I set the mic, but I didn't set the audio, so that's gotcha. it. Well, cool. So I'll we'll look forward to you calling back more often, then. Huh? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, uh, I'll let you go because I have a problem, and you're short on time. And then I'll get it figured out, okay? Yeah, if you, definitely call back more often. It's good to see you, Gary. God bless you, son. Oh, I love calling in. I love this show. <laughs> appreciate I you, appreciate man. appreciate it, Gary. Much love, brother. Have a good weekend, man. See you all later. Everybody have a good Easter. Thanks, brother. You appreciate as well. It. God bless you, Gary. Good to hear from Gary. Good stuff. Uh, man, I'm so jealous of that poster, man. I know, right? I want one of those. <laughs> Somebody posted uh, in, in one of the other discords, too, that somebody had uh, like a magnetic uh, foxhole stickers or like uh, for cars and stuff. I was like, dang, I got to get one of those. We got another 217 in the house. Can I get a name for you, please? That's Leah. Leah, you figured it out. Woo. There I she did. is. What's up, Leah? Like, How's it going? Did I do it right? Tits, I did it right. Yep, yep. Awesome. You're on the air, and your phone number is blocked, and your name says Leah, so we're all good. Awesome. Well, long-time listener, first-time caller. It's awesome, awesome. to hear from you. It's, uh, I, you know, I, I never realized how much of a pain in the ass Zoom was. I didn't realize that there was that extra step in there that causes issues, so I'm glad we got that figured out now. Well, I've never tried Zoom before, so, you know. And the number that Amy Joe had put up is what I wrote down, and that's what I tried, and it didn't work. And you're, 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 I'm, a, I'm on my phone, so, you know, the numbers up in the screen, I, they're just too low. I can't read them with my glasses on. Gotcha. Gotcha. Now, did you anyway, have to download Zoom, or you just called directly in? I just called the number. Perfect, perfect. Did it ask you yeah, so, first off for the meeting ID, right? I don't remember in what order. Yeah, okay. the meeting ID was first. I said, and then it was like a, a personal kind of, ID. Yeah, and I put in seventeen seventy six, and then awesome. I put in seventeen seventy six again, and it worked. So that's exactly what I wanted to hear, Leah. Thank you. What's on your mind today? Awesome. I just wanted to call and say hey, and I love you guys. And hey, shout out to Dawn holding it down behind the scenes. Love Dawn. Yes, yeah, and been a huge uh, happy Easter. Happy Thank Easter you. to you. You have any plans this weekend? No. Just going to chill? No. Just stay home, like always. Yeah. I'm always home. Well, that's cool. I mean, maybe uh, I know I know I'm going to try to get a chance. Where, where are you at? You down south or? I'm right in smack dab in the middle, indicator. Right in the middle. So, you'll. I mean, it's supposed yep. to be like 70. It'd be nice probably uh, tomorrow, I think. Uh, it'd be nice maybe go for a walk or something, maybe get outside and, and enjoy it. That's what I'm looking forward to doing. Maybe even. I'm outside grow- all the time, dude. Yes, I'm outside I love now. It. I'm outside right now. Nice. Uh, <laughs> there you go. I was gonna say today ain't too bad either. That's I mean that's what I was doing earlier. I went for a nice ride in the country and uh, you know blared my music and uh, you know just uh, kind of unwinded a little bit. Absolutely love doing that. Uh, plan on doing. I miss doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I, I, I miss it. Yeah. I haven't been able to drive for like uh, about four years now, so I'm I'm home all the time. But I blast my music here. Well, that works too. <laughs> that works too. As long as you don't piss off your neighbors. But uh, even if you do, no, who cares? No, 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 they don't. No, my neighbors are wonderful. <laughs> no, I asked them, you know, look, because I'm in the back of the house. said, you know, can you hear this? He's like, no, play as loud as you want. Like, sweet. Awesome. Awesome. 
Well, I definitely appreciate you calling in, Leah. Like I said, I always see you out there in chat. Always see you around in all the chats, I should say. And it's great to finally hear your voice <laughs> and have you on the show with us today. Really appreciate you calling in. Well, I'm kind of slow today, um, headspace-wise. I'm still got brain fog from last night, so I really don't have anything, you know, issues-wise to talk about. But believe me, I talk out loud to my phone. Uh, during the whole show, the whole time, every day. <laughs> what did, did you, uh, did, how did the interview earlier come off? Did, did, was there anything in there that uh, was new? I'm, I mean, you pay attention pretty close, so I doubt anything, much of that was new to you, but. Well, I, well, it's, yeah, I've been in it for, for many years, um, but I was talking to my mom, so I missed the first half of the show. I was like, mom, I gotta go. Gotcha. I know how Definitely that goes. Try to go so I'll back. have to go back and rewatch that. Yeah. Yeah, I answer when mom calls. Oh, She's yeah, 81. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll let you get to your next caller. There was like five of us in there. Yeah, I think all somehow right. we sped through them all. That was quick. <laughs> <laughs> Al, Al just kicks them out. Get out of here. <laughs> Lee, I well, really I can't pretty... watch the show when I'm on the phone either. So I was just staring at numbers on the screen. So I missed like the last... I don't know, 15 minutes of the show anyway. I'm going to have to go back and watch. Yeah, that's the downside of this. And I, I have a remedy for this that's that's coming, too. I just, uh, it, for me, it's one step at a time. I got I have to focus on getting that done, then getting that done. And that way I know it's done, it's done I, right. And so, for me, everything is slower. <laughs> well, I can't imagine uh, doing what y'all do every day anyway. Oh, it's a blast. I love it. Really? You know, I, I'm, yeah. I'm so, congratulations to me that I got... And through a Zoom call. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad I got to finally talk to you. Well, I'll call back and, uh, you know, have something witty or intelligent to say. Oh, I definitely appreciate the call. Either way, uh, just to hear from you, definitely appreciate Leah. Make oh, I, sure just, you, I just love you guys. <laughs> uh, we love you guys, too. And just try to remember to relax this weekend and enjoy it and try to get out of that matrix, of course, as we always say. I'm outside all the time. Working on my yard six inches at a time. I do <laughs> nice. it. There you go. Perfect. All right. Well, happy Easter to you and happy yours. Happy Easter to you too. Eh? I appreciate the call. <laughs> happy Easter. Have Bye-bye. a great weekend. Got to love hear it from when Leah. we get the first time callers, man. Yeah. I absolutely love it. And she's been out, like I said, man. She's everywhere. She's all over. You know, she's a what they call what a fox hopper. I guess they call them these days. Love it, <laughs> fox hopper. And she's all over the place. Absolutely love her input. So glad that she called in. Yeah, definitely appreciate it. So another another amazing week, bro. Um, I mean, just a lot of great callers, a lot of great guests, great discussion. Oh, geez, man. I mean, you know, well, Tuesday we had Michael Johns. And then, of course, Jeremy Brown we had on Wednesday. We went on uh, Alara's channel, uh, One Foot in 5D, on Wednesday night. Had an absolutely amazing conversation with her. And then uh, last night, of course, you jumped on with Due Diligence and TikTok. And uh, then tick, uh, Due Diligence asked me to hop in. So I hopped in there last night with you guys as well, which was great to join you guys. And then having Todd on today, it's just, you know, <laughs> I, we keep saying that every week, man. I mean, last week with Joe Flynn and Michael Yan and Mark Bakita, I mean, it's just been amazing, man. And, you know, kind of like Leah said that, you know, the other night when I got, or last night, even when I got off the computer, man, I'm just, you know, it's, you kind of get wore out a little bit, you know, when yeah. you're on, on air for, 
you know, three, four hours continually talking. Um, you know, that's why I, I always say, and we always say to make sure you just get away from it all because it can become overwhelming. But as you said, man, I look forward to every single freaking day and I just look forward to what's next, what's coming next. You know, I did actually, uh, believe it or not, forgot a couple of quick things that I have here that I didn't shoot in my news blitz. If you wanted me to cover real quick. Yeah. Just on the finish up your, your thoughts there. Um, coming up next week, uh, Mark Bakita comes back on Tuesday. Looking forward to that. Uh, we're going to start Foxhole Friday starting next Friday with due yeah, diligence. Buddy. And uh, White Hat, and then uh, the Friday after, and then Red Pill 78 the, the Friday after that. And we'll have some other friends coming uh, as well for Foxhole Fridays. So that's going to be fun. Just kind of hanging out with uh, the community on Fridays and call-ins and have you guys uh, be able to, that we can all hang out together. That'll be fun, man. Absolutely. I'm so looking forward to it. Um, you know, I think we had Red Pill on, I guess, like right when we started our show, uh, doing like the five days a week. And I mean, I absolutely love Red Pill. I followed him, you know, religiously for a long time. But I like completely froze up, froze up, man, when he was on, um, on here with our show. And then he invited us on to his show on the Sunday roundtable. And I finally uh, felt a little bit more comfy, probably because it was a comfy Sunday. Yeah. And um, so I'm really looking forward to having him back on. Maybe I can have a, a little uh, in depth, more in depth conversation, and not quite be so shy. But uh, yeah, and then like you said, White Hat, I am uh, just another huge fan of White Hats, everything that he does. Uh, I love his shows. I love his work. I mean, I've been following back since the Twitter days from the beginning uh, and following everything he's done. And then, of course, uh, you know, due diligence as well coming on uh, soon, too. So just amazing stuff uh, with the Foxhole peeps. Yeah, I saw and, Anka. Uh, I saw General Flynn on um on uh, with John Stubbins, that, that yeah. was pretty good uh, for sure. So if you guys didn't see that yet, go check out the John Stubbins in uh, in the Foxhole and uh, watch uh, the show earlier today. It was definitely pretty good. And uh, still working on getting him here. He'll be here soon as well. So that's going to be cool. Um, yeah, I saw that. On, uh, I didn't. Well, I didn't see that, but yet. Yeah, but I do plan on going back and checking that out. It was. It was definitely pretty good. Um, I don't know. There's so many questions that I have that just still, I'm like, man, why can't, why aren't people asking some of these questions that need to be answered? Um, and, but General Flynn's been doing great for sure. Uh, on that front. Uh, the only other thing I had from today, uh, Joe, if you want to get to your, uh, if you want to queue up those two that you had, I think I had uh, one or two articles that were interesting that were, well, yeah, these were just, you know, your, our normal, um, you know, BS, sort of uh, for the day. I'll just talk about them real quick here. The, you know, Northern District of New York has dropped more uh, sexual exploitation and child pornography charges. This one out of Albany, uh, New York, uh, Jacob, Jacob Leonard, uh, age 30 of Canton, New York. We had another one in Syracuse uh, in the Northern District of New York as well. This Thomas, I can't even pronounce his last name, uh, age 52, um, and then a third one that dropped today as well. This one out of the Eastern district of Washington. This is a warden man pleading guilty to sex trafficking and production of child pornography. Um, oh, look at that. Carlos Salgado Velasquez. Imagine that. Um, so yeah, that, I mean, I just had those three up there. I totally missed them because I had them mixed in with Todd Benson stuff in there as well. I just had a, 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 a I think way too many things open, but though, you know, those pop up every single day. I, I, you know, I think it's important to still cover and still talk about them. I don't know if I really like doing three or four of them in a, in a rapid fire per se, 
but at the same time, like I pulled it up on the 30th that one day and there yeah. was like eight of them, man. And I was like, holy shit. So, yeah, no doubt. Uh, coming out today is uh, independent film Roe versus Wade comes out today. It's a pro-life movie that is going to get slammed by the critics for sure. Uh, so check that out when you guys get time. There's a release uh, that's out there. Are you ready for the pro-life Roe versus Wade Hollywood movie? So that will be uh, that goes live today. Uh, Jill Biden was uh, was speaking at that. I don't know if you guys saw that. She had that Nazi flag behind her. Did you guys see that video? No. Um, she was mocked over an attempt at speaking Spanish with a, a flag choice with her flag choice question as a backdrop. She tried. She tried saying, "I oh, don't hear." Hold on, let me see. Hey, Shackled Freedoms, good to see you out there, brother. Appreciate it. I was thinking about you the other day, man. Haven't seen you in a little bit, so glad you popped in. Thanks, brother. Oh, it's not, it's not playing it. But she says, like, uh, she tries to say Spanish and she totally messes it up. But the flag behind it looks like a freaking Nazi flag, dude. Oh, my God. <laughs> Can't make it's this not, shit up. No, I was just going just gonna to say that, too, man. They're just right in your face. They really don't give a shit anymore. It's all right in your face. It always has been, though. It always has been. It's just more apparent now. Yeah, yeah, I would have to agree. All right, Joe, let's, let's wrap it up here today. Here here are the show links from the day. Appreciate you guys very much. I hope you guys have a great weekend and enjoy it very much. The, here are the show links, thefederalist.com. Check out Todd Bensman, B-E-N-S-M-A-N. You can find out all of his writings there. Uh, Middle East Forum, all of those great articles, you can find those. Uh, as well, uh, go to cis.org. You can find all of Todd's great work. Just search for Todd Benson, cis.org. And don't forget his great book when you guys get a chance. Uh, if you guys get a chance to help support him, that would be awesome. America's Covert Border War uh, is now available. Uh, basically, you can find it anywhere in any bookstore or anywhere. Simon and Schuster have distributing it. So it's on Kindle. It's on Nook. It's everywhere. America's Covert Border War by Todd Bensman. Appreciate his time today very much. I look forward to having him back. Joe, last thoughts for the day before we let everyone go. Uh, just a ton of great comments out there. Again, everybody in D-Lib, uh, Sheep Will Beware, Kimberly Watson, Amy Joe, good to see you out there, sister. Uh, Energy Bear, uh, tons of uh, great people. Anquavanka, uh, good to see you out there. Glenn MS, Putsi Woo, good to see you. Shackle Freedoms again. Kelly 17, good to see you. I just you know want everybody to hopefully, like I said, man, just unplug, get away from it. I plan on going outside uh, starting uh, very shortly here. And uh, I'm just going to get away from it all, man. I need to kind of decompress. Um, you know, I think that's part of the reason why I haven't been sleeping the, the greatest lately is because we have been covering some really hard and some deep topics and getting to some really good conversations. And it's not a bad thing by any means. I think it's a great thing, but I can't stop. It's hard to shut the mind off. off. Yeah. yeah, It just doesn't want to shut off, man. I get it. I go to lay down and I like replay the whole thing through my head. It's unbelievable. Yeah. That's why it's good to get out, put, get away from it all. Just set it all down, spend the time with the family, go for a walk, do some gardening, cook some uh, stuff on the grill, uh, I might even swing some clubs this weekend. There you uh, go. Hint, hint. Uh-huh. Uh, get the clubs out and do some swinging because I haven't swung a club in a while. Uh, but absolutely love all you guys out there. Every single one of you. Much love. Have a great weekend. Look forward to seeing you guys on Monday. Yes, indeed. You guys have a great weekend. God bless you all. And special thank you to Amy Joe and everyone else for all the prayers this week for my pops. And uh, keep them in your prayers, please, please, this weekend. Happy Easter. God bless you all.
Much love. Treat the word impossible as nothing more than motivation. Relish the opportunity to be an outsider. Embrace that label. Being an outsider is fine. Embrace the label. Because it's the outsiders who change the world and who make a real and lasting difference.